This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Kia ora, this is Fina from The Witching Hour with a uh, content forecast for this episode uh, because it mentions eating disorders and we talk about body image. So if those aren't things that you want to hear about, that is totally all good. Skip over this one. There will be more that aren't that. Uh, Yeah, take care of yourself. Welcome to the Witching Hour with Fina on OIRFM or other podcast places. This is the first episode for a long time, and I have a guest on with me today, which is lovely because it's the first one in a long time as well. I'm with my wonderful friend Madeline Dove, who is an incredible poet and artist, and we met last year. And I'm just super stoked that I know this person and that we get to have you on on my podcast. What? What's happening? <laughs> Madeline, hello. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm really good. Yay. Thank you so much for having me on here and saying those nice things. Oh, you're so welcome. Like, I should have, you know, prepped a thing to say about you and what you do, but I don't prep anything for this. Yeah. So, uh, it's better that way. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally, it has been better that way so far, mm-hmm. so we're going with it. Um, is there anything you want to add about yourself before we get into... Um, I think I really like what you said. Um. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, maybe cool. that's it. I was going to yeah. I mean, I'm also a painter. Mm. I'm also queer, which like yes. feels really strange to say sometimes out loud. I'm, I'm so like, proud of you for but... saying it out loud Woo! and into a microphone. <laughs> it's so important. Um, I would also like to say right now that I'm Canadian, mm-hmm. um, just because people, you know, potentially will wonder because mm. it seems to be a trend. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm Canadian and I live in Dunedin, obviously, and have been in New Zealand since last January. Like January 2020, it's my home now. Yay! Yay! And, oh, I'm so stoked about that. I'm just, I'm still like, uh, like I was really stoked. I mean, we met at the Writers Festival, the mm-hmm. New Zealand Young Writers Festival last year, uh, which would have been like September, mm-hmm. and I haven't stopped being stoked. Same. <laughs> yeah, every time I remember, and like every uh-huh. time I've. It's, we. I feel like we hardly see each other because we're both very, like, airy, sort of, like, not planning type people, and it yeah. just works. Like, this just fell together so perfectly. Right. And it's nice really say. great. It's, like, a very potent experience, I think. So it's kind of nice that it's, like, you know, it's, like, one of those friendships. I don't worry about our friendship, mm. even though if we're, like, not in contact for a while, every time we are, it's, like, magic. Yeah. So it just kind of works. I really appreciate you saying that because it's really nice to know that that goes both ways because mm. <laughs> like I feel the same way I'm like oh yeah cool we'll be chill and it's it's really reassuring because I don't have that feeling often because I have so much anxiety but like, <laughs> but it's 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 uh you're really chill so I know that it'll be fine and um the other thing I was gonna say has gone out of my head <laughs> but I'm having thoughts about like which things and divine timing and stuff and we can have mm. yarns about that if you want to because like it yeah, it is that thing that like we don't ever... I feel like we don't ever have to try to kind of hang out or make stuff work. It just, like, works sometimes, and when it yeah. does, it's really cool. Yeah. Which is a really nice way to go about things, I think. Like, I feel like I should go about more things in my life the same way. Yeah, I often feel a lot of pressure to, like, try 
and like level my friendships up to a point where like I feel so secure and like I I don't know obviously you know me and you're a similar type of person where you're kind of like willing to talk about like lay yourself out on the table and talk about stuff that is really like intense or really painful and I think it's a beautiful thing to be that open but like I've experienced kind of since moving here especially like some people are not ready for that obviously like yeah. a lot of people aren't ready for that so yeah. with you it's like I don't I've never had to worry about where we stand because, like, even if, like, one of us doesn't respond for, like, a long time, I'm not, you know, I'm not worried about um, what's going on. But, like, with a lot of people I've met in the past, I felt like I was, like, too much and, like, I needed validation from them and I needed to, like, really quickly get to a point in our friendship where I just, like, felt secure. Mm -hmm. But maybe it just wasn't meant to be or maybe it's just, like, one of those friendships that's not like that, that's not deep, which... It's kind of lame, to be honest. Like, those are a little bit lame, but I guess they're also kind of necessary. Yeah, it's but. really interesting, the um, sort of... I don't know. I, always, I find relationships really interesting in general and how people relate to each other and the sort of... Like, I really like the sort of friendship that we have where you don't kind of need to do anything for it to still be there. Yeah. And partly because, like, I know that I won't. <laughs> like, if, mm-hmm. if, it was the, if this was the sort of thing where, like, we had to kind of talk to each other every week or like I had to reply to your texts within the kind of hour for you to not get like grumpy that I hadn't replied this would not work because I yeah. don't like yeah. I just won't I won't reply for like three days because I'll go ah cool I got a text from this person who I think is really cool I'll get that in a minute and then I clear my notifications and then I just forget that it's mm. there and then it's been like a week and a half and I go like scroll through my texts and go ah shit I've sent you like 18 texts in a row. Yeah. <laughs> it's great and, I love like, to do that it, yeah and I appreciate it as well and then I like because when I do because I will get to it mm-hmm. and when I get to it I get to like hear your thoughts and it's yeah. really nice and this is just going to be us going on about how cool it is being friends with each yeah. other the whole time <laughs> um, but like I mean that's fine it's my show we can talk about yeah. whatever we want yes uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about though, also was um like your kind of approach to creativity and your creative process and like whatever you want to talk about in painting mm. or in poetry because uh, that was one of the things that I wanted to do with this podcast initially anyway was mm-hmm. talk about um, creativity and different people's approaches because everyone approaches it so differently. Mm-hmm. Um, that means you can't really do it wrong, <laughs> which yeah. is really nice. Yeah. And also like because my whole thing that I try to do as I go through the world anyway is remind people that it you're fine like you can do the thing if you want to do the thing do the thing if you want to write a poem write a poem it doesn't have to be a good poem you know <laughs> what's a good poem art is subjective if you want mm-hmm. to make something you definitely can and you know here are some things that i found that have helped me with that struggle because oh boy it's a struggle <laughs> trying to make stuff and trying to not feel terrible about yourself while you're doing it but like it uh shouldn't it doesn't need to feel terrible you know, like, you yeah, know, it's, yeah, that's my, my whole thing. It's like, you don't need to hate your art. <laughs> you can just make things and that's fine. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. yeah. It's definitely, I mean, like, I think I'm, I've been like a closeted artist for like a very long time. Like I've, I think I've written poetry since I was a child and I think I've been painting forever, but I never thought that I was good at painting. Hmm. I also likewise didn't think that I was really good at anything. So I've kind of been like really, really hesitant to put, any of my art out there so my process because of that is like it's always been very sporadic because there's never been any pressure now that I have started to kind of like put myself out there a little bit more and like even just put photos of my art on Instagram 
and like when I meet someone and they're like, what do you do? It's really hard for me to say like, I'm a poet or like I'm an artist. Mm. I like to just say like I'm an unemployed artist because it's true. But my process now with, I guess I'll just say in general, like with writing, it's always been a very sporadic thing. It's mm. always like you get the idea. Like I woke up at 5 a.m. because there was like a really noisy truck outside my house because I live in town and that happens like every day. <laughs> there was a really noisy truck and like I was woken up by that and had like some ideas the kinds of it's like usually with writing I get an idea that's like I know I need to write it down mm. and sometimes I'll sit there for like five minutes and write the whole poem sometimes I'll write a line and then like come back to it later but writing is like such a it's such an abstract thing for me like I don't know if I have any real process with it mm. I know that I don't like editing that much because I kind of like the raw the rawness of it yeah and part of the process I've learned recently is, like, not asking too many people for their opinions because it's just going to, like, trying to get validation from people is just going to, like, skew my own idea of what I want it to be. Mm. Um, and, like, writing for other people is not the goal. It's not yeah. not what I want. Um, yeah, it's... I don't, I don't know if I have any, like, specific processes, to be honest with writing. It's such a fluid thing, which, which I'm sure you can relate to. Yeah, like, it's just, sure. it just happens. Sometimes you're not writing a lot. Like, I haven't been writing a lot recently, and it's so different to what it used to be. Mm. And it's, like, really weird to see that changing so much, yeah. you know? But and it's it, also, like, a conversation with yourself. I think a poem yeah. is really, at its base, at its core, is, like, a really weird, like, strange, abstract way to converse with yourself. And then you kind of read it back and, like try and decode what you were saying to yourself and it's like this crazy yeah, thing. I get that for sure and like uh, I throughout my life have used poetry as a tool to kind of work through um, like things in my life or in my brain or like stuff that's confusing me or stuff that like I don't know how to process tends to kind of show up in my poetry because that's what I'd use it as. I'd use it as a coping tool rather than as a kind of medium to work in and it's only been sort of in the last kind of year or so that I've considered it as like oh this is just a form that I work in and I don't have to be feeling bad about something to like to do this yeah. but also it is really useful for that as well and it is it's um like things will come up in poems that I write that I'll kind of look back at after and go huh didn't know I was okay <laughs> like that's in my brain <laughs> that's mm. good to know about and um there was something I was thinking of. Ah, yeah, I went through my um, laptop a while ago and found a bunch of old poetry from when I was, like, in my first um, kind of couple of years at Polytech, kind of just out of home, um, in a terribly abusive relationship that I didn't know was abusive yet, like, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I was, like, I found all these poems that I remember writing and I remember thinking that they were bad, and I found them and read them and went... One, I went, huh, those aren't as bad as I remember them being. That's, like, <laughs> not terrible. This is this is all right stuff. I'm all right at this. And so, like, I think having distance between you and your stuff is often quite helpful. But um, yeah. I also kind of went, wow, I was having a really bad time. Huh? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, I didn't, like, I didn't think it was that bad. It was, this is pretty, you, this was not, this is not the writing of a happy person. Yeah. And, like, it's, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's cool to be able to have the, it as a kind of introspective tool I think, um, I don't know, I've gotten way off track here. No, <laughs> it's totally, we're just talking about writing in general, yeah, you know, true. like, writing definitely is a coping mechanism, like, I look at the stuff that I 
we used to write in like these old like watercolor notebooks or whatever when I was like sketchbooks when I was like 13 and they were so bad it was just like the most basic rhymes <laughs> and like writing about heartbreak oh, man. and like 13 uh. year old poetry is like so good though <laughs> so good but it was like, like even just... when it's bad even when you look at it and go oh my god I can't believe I wrote it. it's so it's so good. I love yeah. teenage poetry just so like, much. It's so raw. Yeah, exactly. And even stuff I wrote when I was probably like nine and like mm. obviously have had no relationships beyond like a friend at school being my friend and like I don't know what anything is. Like I don't I'm nine, but yeah. like just writing down words and like trying to be I've always wanted to be a musician mm. and that's a dream that's like only starting to come to fruition a little bit now. But like I look awesome. at stuff I was writing that it's like disguised as a poem, but it was clearly supposed to be like a love song mm. of some kind, which is pro- it was probably just me ripping off a song on the radio. To be honest, stop <laughs> doing that though. Like stop. Yeah. You don't, that, well, I don't know. I was nine. See, also, this is so it's thing, okay. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> that's true. But also, this is a thing that I feel like we talk about a lot because uh, it's so easy to be self-deprecating about, yeah. like generally, and especially about things that you make and like. And especially, like, I feel like especially kind of in New Zealand society where, like, there's, like, the whole tall poppy thing, you don't want to be too kind of, um, you don't want to appear to be any kind of full of yourself and that can really easily, like, the kind of, uh, it's easy to go the kind of self-deprecation way in order to avoid that, but also because it can be a source of humour or whatever, but also there is no need. <laughs> there is no. no need to, like, talk down to yourself at any point, whether it's you now or something that you made now, or whether it's, like, you ages ago. Like, I don't know, if nine-year-old you ripped off a song on the radio and that's the song you wrote, also, how rad yeah. nine-year-old like kind you of parodied a song. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's hard to do. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was writing parodies when I was Yeah, nine, right? So, yeah. like, exactly. So I was pretty cool. Everything is art. Like, you can't yeah. argue that it isn't because it's subjective. Like, you can, it's... It's yeah, art. Make I think the art. That's the point like, of me doing this podcast is it's just yeah. me yelling, make art, please, into a microphone for an hour. Usually I'm by myself, though, so this is really it's nice. It's just like, <laughs> make art, make art in, like, different voices. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would listen to that. Sometimes <laughs> you just need to hear something, like, a thousand times before it really hits you. Mm-hmm. Or you need to read, um, yeah, read the same thing over and over again, and it kind of, like, hits you differently sometimes. But, um, yeah, self-deprecation is, like... I think a coping mechanism for a lot of people like oh, yeah. something I definitely used I think I was funny in high school because my humor was very like self-deprecating and it was quite like witty and quick mm. and very different and a lot more dry than like a lot of my classmates and my like schoolmates so I think I was funny like people considered me funny for that reason but all it really was doing was like I was genuinely so insecure and so anxious and I was just like voicing that and I think it mm. was like funny and then I was like oh this is funny like people will like me if I do this yeah oh, and I just kept reacting doing positively it. to me being down yeah. on myself and I want and they're probably relating too yeah, they're right? probably like relating and then but they're like I can laugh about it and mm. it's just this like very subconscious thing but then doing that for years and years and that being your humor and then seeing you know famous people on tv shows and whatever like that being a, an understood form of humor mm. it just it's like becomes such a part of your brain that it's not even humorous anymore. Like you don't know where the line is, and you're just actually all you're doing is saying mean things to yourself. Yeah, right. That's the thing. It's not That's helping anyone. Because like, like, yeah, sure, self-deprecating humor, whatever. Like, I, that was my main jam, and I understand the the want or the need to kind of um I don't know make jokes about how terrible you are or whatever. But like, it's and even when it's like because it was like when I was using it as like my main kind of form of humor, it was because. 
other people found it funny mm-hmm. and I was like oh cool I'm getting these positive reactions that I want from my friends and I don't like myself anyway and so it's no big for me to like say this all the time but it it sticks Some, yeah it like does. even when you don't think it does and even when you're just like oh no it's fine I'm 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 fine I'm like you know distance from this and it's just to be funny mm-hmm. I think you've got to always consider why it's funny one like genuinely dig it why if you can't initially see why it's funny dig at it because there's a reason that you can't see why it's funny it's because it's not funny and like it's you know i just now that i i think partly getting older is like really helped me to kind of gain more perspective on um self-deprecation in particular because also like um like I'd do that thing where it's like, oh, it's fine for me to say this stuff about me, but it's not fine for you to say this stuff about you because mm-hmm. I can see from out here how wonderful you are and how painful it is for you to feel these things about yourself. Because regardless of you, you know you're using them for jokes and you're using them as a laugh, or whatever. There's a reason why you bring that up in the first place, and it's so often because it does hurt somewhere in there, and like yeah. And yeah. it's a lot easier, I think, to see in other people than it is to see in yourself that, like, oh, this, yeah, sure, these are just jokes or whatever, but it hurts you to say this, and I don't want you to have to go through that. Yeah, like, if you said if you said something that was insulting your nine-year-old self, of course, my first instinct would be to say, what? Like, yeah, you're right? nine, like, you were just a little kid doing your thing. Exactly. And, um, oh, I was, I had such an interesting thing I wanted to say. Oh, Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it's, okay. I feel this. That, okay. I think also it's easier, like, it's it's really hard to say something nice about yourself sometimes mm. and not immediately insult yourself, like, go back and insult yeah, right? yourself. Like you don't have to balance you that don't out. You can appear, just say nice things. <laughs> you don't, But you don't want to appear too confident because mm. we've, like, always been told that being too confident, especially, like, especially as a woman, like, <laughs> you can't really be confident because then people just sort of write you off as, like, being full of yourself. But yeah. if you're not confident, then people just, you know, there's just, like, there's so, ma- there's so much else that just goes against you, like, no matter what you do. Yeah, it's really tricky. It's a really tricky thing to try and try and balance, especially in a culture where, like, it's not the go-to good thing to be comfortable with yourself. Yeah. And there are reasons why it's not the go-to thing. And the reasons... You know, are pretty much all uh, based in like the cis heteropatriarchy mm-hmm. kind of racism, all of those things, classism, all of that. Basically, if you feel bad about yourself, a lot of rich white people make more money, mm-hmm. and so they want you to feel bad about yourself so that you'll buy their stuff, so that they'll make more money. They don't care about you; they care about money, and all of this stuff is so ingrained in our media and in advertising and it's pervasive and everywhere and it's like basically the happier you are the grumpier rich old white men will be and I really like that (laughs) (laughs) because you know like if I'm it's that my existence as a you know trans queer indigenous person tends to um, upset rich old white people anyway mm-hmm. um so you know might as well carry on and i'll yeah. feel better about it i don't that's that's been one of my that was one of my main motivators honestly a few years ago of trying to like kind of be happier generally because i think everyone broadly 
wants to be happy because being happy feels nice like yeah and (laughs) everything feels better if you're happy right and like um one of my kind of main motivators to try and like feel better about myself or like accept myself or matter whatever is like was like that kind of existing in opposition to these kind of authority figures and stuff was like uh may gave me something to hold on to kind of um and like ah you know if I'm sitting here feeling bad about myself, that's what they want. Like, yeah, exactly. That's, that's what they want. I don't goal. want to give them what they want. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, so think like, about like, people being mad in your head, and that could be a petty motivator, but it's a motivator anyway. Yeah, right, anyway. exactly. And, like, it's, it is, yeah, you know, it's, now I'm just, like, on a rant about, like, the beauty industry, <laughs> for example. Well, that's, like, one of my favorite topics recently anyway, mm. so go oh, on. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. just <laughs> the whole thing of it is that the beauty industry makes money off of people's insecurities and it yeah. makes money by making you feel insecure so that you buy the things and they're not ever going to make you feel secure because that would defeat the purpose mm-hmm. and they wouldn't be able to continue to sell to you if you felt secure in yourself like if every particularly in relation to gender like you were talking about like um uh if every woman tomorrow woke up and was like felt comfortable and confident about who and how they were mm-hmm. so many businesses would go under <laughs> yeah well if we all felt better about ourselves would we all be like going to glassons every four weeks or whatever to get the new line of clothes that they have and then selling them on facebook marketplace mm. next month because you like want to buy more like it just doesn't it doesn't make yeah it doesn't make you happy to like to to buy these things obviously we all understand this like basic concept but we keep doing it anyway, and, like, I've fallen into that so many times. Yeah, like, oh, if I and just get this thing. They're good at it. There's a reason why people fall into it. Yeah, if, mm. if I, like, buy these new clothes that I really want, like, I don't actually really want them. Yeah. And I'm like, just trying to fit into something else. Yeah, exactly. There's, a, like, the thing of, like, um, I don't know, like, I used to, like, uh, when I went and got my haircut, I'd taken a photo of someone with a cool haircut that I wanted and then get my haircut like that and then be disappointed that I didn't look like that person in yep. that photo now. Like, and yeah. it's like, it's, yeah, I feel <laughs> yeah. like it's a similar sort of thing where, like, um, you know, you do all these things to try and fit into your idea of what someone else wants from you because you can't ever know what other people want from you, mm. like, truly, because you're not in their head. But also, you're not here for other people. Like, you're not here to be what you're... I don't know, friends say you should be or what your your friends shouldn't be saying. You should be yeah. something anyway. If they do, they're just they're like your you. Like, it's, you know, like, you're here to find out what you like to do and how you like to be mm. and who you like to be around and then do those things. If you're spending all your time trying to fit into what you think someone else thinks you should be, like, you know, I say this because I spent most of my life doing that exact thing mm. and I'm trying really hard to not do it anymore because it's just a waste of time. Um, but like, you know, there's so much, there's so much cool stuff that you could spend your energy on that isn't worrying about whether or not you fit into an image of yourself that is fabricated because you can change that image. Like you don't have to, um, the thing about, um, the thing about societal ideas is that they're ideas (laughs) and you can choose whether or not to engage with them and you can choose to like come up with your own idea of how you want to be and go with that and that's totally okay like that's an okay thing to do like if you don't want to wear a bunch of makeup you don't have to and if you want to wear a bunch of makeup 
because you like it and not because you feel like you have to cover up your existing face. Yeah, like or like fit into it a, a standard. Like <laughs> on the topic of hair, do I mean, whatever you want as yeah. long as you're happy about it. As long as you actually want it, but yeah. it's really hard to know. Like I have, I've always had like long hair, like very thick and like healthy, beautiful long hair, and I've always really, really identified with that hairstyle, and it's very much that hair that I've always had always has always fit into like a societal conventional beauty standard of feminine femininity I always struggle with that word mm. femininity so many ins <laughs> yeah so many m's and i's and t's and yeah that's just um, my, my creaky chair sorry <laughs> um and like every time I've ever, ever gotten my hair cut the hairdressers always said like don't cut your hair short it's so long and beautiful so I've always just thought like and it it is like I like how it looks and I like having that much hair it keeps me warm in the winter mm. but a few weeks ago i just kind of was like like i've been embracing a little bit of more of a masculine energy and a masculine you know like in my clothing choices and in other parts of my life for a while because it's just like there's i don't want to try and keep up with any like ideal like you mentioned but kind of finding what's best for me and so i, I like really sporadically just like cut my hair to like shoulder length which is cut that cut that's like five inches that I cut off just like I took a pair of scissors took half my hair and cut it off and I was like <gasps> no why did I do that and then I just cut the rest obviously because I Amazing. I needed to cut the other half and then it was just like really I was really sad for like a week because I mean it was not a good job it was super uneven because I just like cut yeah, it with like with it like yourself. paper cutting scissors <laughs> but yeah just mm-hmm. like pa- like scissors that I used to cut like my acrylic and watercolor paper like I just you know great um sometimes you gotta (laughs) and then it was like because it was so thick it was just like really like big like it didn't it just didn't look right and I was feeling pretty down about it um because I had lost some level of like a feminine conventional conventional beauty standard Mm. of femininity and I was like really sad about it and I was like this hair is like part of my identity and it's this like big thing and it was so pretty and it was so pretty but so is shorter hair and it's yeah. not like it wasn't even that big of a difference and then I, I went and like got went to an actual hairdresser and just said like I just got layers and like got it thinned out and um, I really don't like how it looks because it's I don't think the person did a very good job I'll say that <laughs> but they just they just she didn't really like listen to what I wanted and like mm. thinned it out way too much so now my hair feels quite thin which I've never had before and like I look in the mirror and I don't feel like I look like myself but I think I'm trying to, like, fight against that because I think the only reason why I feel that way is because I don't look as much like whatever beauty standard I was, like, fighting so hard for for so long. Mm. But, like, I don't know why that matters. I don't Mm. know why it matters so much to me. I guess I do know why because it's been, like I said, every time I've gotten a haircut, every, like, you know, when, like, random people compliment your hair, it just keeps solidifying or compliment anything about you that fits into some standard. And, like, being tall and slim my whole life is, like, the same thing where, like, people always compliment you on that, which is, like, this is a big topic. But, like, that's how I got an eating disorder is, like, people constantly telling you, commenting on your, your you know, child body that you're tall and skinny. And then getting to an age where, like, you might gain weight because you're going through puberty and, like, mm. you have hormone changes. Because bodies and, change. Yeah. And, like, now being an adult and, like, sometimes thinking I've, I'm over my eating disorder, but... I'm not. I'm just, like, content with my body until I gain a little bit of weight. And I just go back to, like, my whole life being conditioned to think that, like, tall and skinny, good thing, stay that way, or nobody's going to like you. Mm. And, like, cutting my hair is the same thing. It's, like, if I don't fit into this exact box that I've been in for a long time, then no one's going to like me and I'm going to die. Like, 
Yeah, and it's a really it's easy a s- trap to fall into. And yeah. also, like, if that whole thing of like, if I do this, no one's going to like me, is never true. Exactly. Unless, like, the thing that you're doing, if the thing that you're doing only involves yourself, it's not going to make no one like you. Like, yeah, and if, if someone didn't like me because I cut my hair, yeah, <laughs> or exactly. like because I gained weight, like, I don't think they're really worth your time at that no, point. No, and I would and never thing. feel that way about anybody else. Hmm. Like, if any of my friends. Obviously, it made a physical change. That doesn't affect me. I would just be like, great, cool hair. Yeah. Looks awesome. Right. Proud of you for trying something new and then, like, move on. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't matter. It's just, it's also just hair. Like, hair is such a weird thing <laughs> to obsess over. It like, is, eh? But there's, like, it's just you know, the stuff again, growing out of your multi-billion head. Multi-billion dollar industry, like. Yeah, it's also something that makes so much money. Mm. So, it's not just something that grows out of your head. Like, yeah, everything exactly. on your body, it has to be commodified in some way. Yeah, exactly. Like Ooh. I used to have really long hair as well. It's quite short at the moment, but like when I like growing up, it was like always like waist length at least. Wow, really? And, yeah, and um, yeah, I can find you. I can't you imagine know. you with long hair. <laughs> you just like you suit short hair so much. Oh, thank you. I every hairdresser that I had growing up was the same as like you were talking about. Yeah. It's like, are you sure you want to cut it? Are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah. Like, oh no, it's so beautiful. Why would you cut it up? And like, because I want it. It's mine. And like, it, but it took me a long time to kind of go really short and then once I did it was really hard to like get it longer again like yeah and um but like it's you know I cut it all off and it was fine it was it just no one died yeah everything was okay everything kind of just kept ticking over because like weirdly the you know kind of shape of your body doesn't really affect anything outside of you and yeah how it affects you is like I was going to say is largely up to you, but that definitely depends on a lot of things. But also, like, I don't know, this is all just going to turn into a, me ranting about, like, hey, you're okay, because <laughs> literally, you are. Like, You're fine. You're just doing your best, I yeah. think. Like, Whoever, that's the thing. You isn't anyone who's hearing this. Like. Yeah, like, you specifically listening to this in your ear holes right now. You're fine. You're doing good. Keep doing what you're doing. Like it's, we're proud of you. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really proud of you. And it's like that's a thing that I can say genuinely, and I can mean it mm. to you know people who like I don't know who's listening to this. I don't know who you are. I'm sorry. Like message me. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the podcast. Do you want to be and, friends? <laughs> yeah, right. And like, but I can, and I frequently do on this podcast. Go you, yeah, you listening to this right now. Thank you. You're wonderful. You're doing so much better than you think you are. Because it's true mm-hmm. of every single person that you meet. Everyone's trying so hard all the time. Yeah. And Just like, being alive, it's like, it's so hard. So <laughs> kudos to everybody. Yeah, right? You've made it here. That's yeah. awesome. You have a 100% success rate at like getting through Survival. days. <laughs> and that's so cool. Yeah. Like, yeah, get some. Get some more days under your belt. Um, <laughs> keep going. Yeah. Keep swimming. Yeah, exactly. Just keep swimming. Um, don't, don't, I mean, I'm really glad that you can't really sue people in New Zealand, so I can probably just say that and it's fine. Um, <laughs> can you not sue people in New Zealand? I don't think so. It doesn't work the same way as it does in the States, where you can just sue, sue someone over anything. I don't think yeah, you can do it here. it's pretty loose in the States. I think you can literally just yeah. do whatever you want. I mean, if Judge Judy's anything to go by. Um, I don't think it is. Yeah, no. <laughs> <That's legitimate. laughs> I just wanted to say those words Source together in a sentence. Um, uh, so... Also, other things. You've brought in an album yes, for us to listen yeah, to. Yes, I did. Um, we it's, have it's called Just Another Diamond Day by Vashti Bunyan. Yeah, and we're going to chuck a song on 
um, which like probably seems like a really abrupt break in conversation. I just realised we haven't done it, and usually this is like a intersected with music thing, and I forgot. So we're here. We're going <laughs> to listen to a song. This is called Diamond Day. It's by Vashti Bunyan, and we'll be back in a minute. If I do the thing, yeah, there we go. Today that was uh, what was the song called? Diamond, Diamond Day, Day by <laughs> Vashti Bunyan. Yep, that was Diamond Day by Vashti Bunyan, and from the album Just Another Diamond Day. And it was so pretty. That was such a pretty song. Thank you for bringing this in. Yeah, I heard this artist before. Thank excited. you to my flatmate Stacy, who has he has such an interesting taste in music. He plays really ambient music sometimes. He put this on one day, and I just like I just fell in love with it. It's such a beautiful album. It's great. Thank he you also loves in. Aldous Harding. Oh, cool. Yeah, that makes Burning sense. Passion. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I could like, I mean, I can see you and I could see the smile on your face when you're saying that, but I could like hear it in your voice. Yeah. As well. I'm talking about this. And it's so cool. I love it when people, this is why I ask people to bring music on with yeah. them because I love that thing so much mm. of, um, yeah, getting to share things that um, that make people happy that way is, is really cool. Um, and we were talking while that song was on about, about gender and beauty standards still, and these are two of my favorite things to talk about. I'll talk all day <laughs> about these things, but you were bringing up a point about uh, the words pretty and beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, well, I just, I just, well, I want to know what you kind of think about this, mm. but like the word beautiful is a word that I use to describe like a really nice meal or like a friend of any gender really doesn't matter, but I feel like typically beautiful is like it's a really overused word to describe a lot of the time like a feminine thing like a mm. a woman or like a feminine person or whatever or like a a man who has like feminine features whatever that like even means but um I'm doing air quotes you can't see it but mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah I just I want to know why that's like the go-to for like a feminine beauty standard yeah, and I, why it's not more like widely used for 
lots of things. I don't really know where I'm going with this, but I just, when we were talking about your hair, like it just made me think of that and why certain things are described as pretty and certain things aren't when like short hair can be pretty, long hair can be pretty, mm. no yeah. hair can be pretty. Like I, what is what is that? I feel like pretty tends to be um, ascribed a lot to femininity, like you're saying, and beautiful as well, even though also um, you can, you know, you can call anything beautiful. I call mm. everyone beautiful, but like I, uh, for example, um, I was hanging out with a non-binary friend of mine, and I called. I, I said to them they were beautiful because because they are, um, and they said to me, um, "You say that a lot for someone who like doesn't do the whole gender thing," and I just hadn't thought about it like that before because I'll call. I'll call anything beautiful, mm. but that's not necessarily how it always goes across either. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's really interesting the sort of um, uh, weight that different um, words like that carry. Like, why don't I call... What does handsome mean? Why don't I call... Yeah. That uh, word makes me feel so weird. Yeah. Like, like what is that? Um, I mean, that's the thing. It's, it seems, it's sort of like I've always understood it as the masculine equivalent of, like, pretty. Mm-hmm. And, like... But, like, you know, people have told me that I'm handsome, and that's been also a really interesting thing to kind of try to sit with because I refuse to give my... I don't know. No, no. My my gender (laughs) is no thank you. Yeah. Um, (laughs) My gender is no. Yeah, exactly. I was, like, you know, having a gender crisis when I was, like, 21 or whatever, and I was like, can I just not do this whole thing? And the answer is yes. Mm. If you don't want to have a gender, you don't have to. There's a there's a word for it. It's agender. <laughs> it means no gender, um, and like yeah, it's it's really interesting how um, how certain words are weighted and how that can change. Uh, sort of, I don't know. At both ends, like it. it, it, it plus, what I'm saying. There's something to be said about also taking power over a word, like taking power mm. back. Like if you've been called a word your whole life that has, like, always really offended you. Like, like I don't know what a good example is, and I'm obviously not going to say any one because we can't swear. I'm thinking of the, like, um, community reclamation is the word queer. Yeah, because that's that a really good like one. Because that was, like, a really derogatory... Like, my mum doesn't like that I call myself queer because she grew up only ever hearing that as a derogatory mm-hmm. word, and she's like, why would you call yourself that? What a terrible thing to call yourself. But I find it empowering to call yeah. myself queer and it's because I like I find it that uh, it's empowering for me because of the work that's been done by the queer community in reclaiming that and making that a point of pride rather than a you know weapon to be used against us kind of thing um, and yeah so words can change as well and then there's um, I don't know this is a big topic I like it. Yeah, words is and, a pretty big topic. It's yeah, like all encompassing. Like I'm always, I'm always here to talk about this kind of stuff. It's just, um, and then you know, I, I'm, my brain is so scattered. So, uh, like now, I lose track of where I am. <laughs> That's okay. Um, but yeah, like I, you know, I assume because I can see your face that people often call you things like pretty and beautiful and stuff, or they will have. And is that like? Is that, I don't know, is that a thing? How does, how do you feel about... Well, I've, I've always felt quite feminine. Mm. But I, like I said, I've been sort of playing with more of like a masculine side of things, especially with my wardrobe, like not feeling... 
I used to always feel like I needed to like show certain parts of my body more like things that would make me appear more feminine like to, sh- to wear clothes that would show that I have hips and like mm. you know like w- womanly again air quotes you can't see but <laughs> like womanly features and and I thought that was like the most important thing and I had like weird rules about clothes that I would wear like if I was wearing pants that didn't show that I was like obviously a girl but like what I don't know mm. but this is like what I was thinking subconsciously in my head that I would have to wear a shirt that showed that and like not wear anything that was too big because I like wanted people to know what my body looked like in a way but at the same time I actually hated being perceived so I don't know what that was yeah. um, but I guess that's like you know being a teenager and trying to figure yeah. out your life but with femininity in general like trying I'm trying to like I've always felt feminine and always loved being like describing myself as a woman and a girl and like in the past years as I've learned so much more about you know like what gender is and isn't and can be and it's such an interesting world and I'm always thinking about it and I like I just I've loved watching other people figure out that sort of thing for themselves and their identity and like I love hearing you talk about it because I just I just imagine it's like such a such a immense thing to kind of to go through with yourself you know and and like the tiniest degree ever like trying to not trying to but just like giving into like more masculine parts of myself feels really nice and Good. not feeling pressure to like look too feminine but obviously like I said with the hair thing it's pretty hard to escape like it's <laughs> it's like such you know the male gaze also has like such a stranglehold on my life and on everybody's life mm. including men who are yep. the ones doing the gazing because <laughs> they're being conditioned too but yeah I, I, hate, I, hate, I hate whenever I think about the male gaze I'm just like uh, yep. <laughs> why does this mm-hmm. have to keep happening toxic masculinity is another gigantic topic that yeah. like and yeah it's the male gaze on kind of um, AFAB assigned female at birth people is a whole thing and is part of why I only if I exclusively wear really baggy t-shirts mm-hmm. uh so that people can't look at me, mm-hmm. but also because, like, of my own kind of gender things and body things, I don't feel comfortable much in, in tighter stuff, and that's, like, my own stuff to kind of work through mm-hmm. or not, you know, whatever. And uh, But it also was an active thing that I did to... Um, because I didn't like the way that I was being looked at mm-hmm. when I didn't do it. And, you know, which is... Like, which sucks because, like, I don't, you know, it's it's that thing of like I shouldn't have to change what I'm doing to uh, stop someone else from behaving a certain way when, like, that way that that mode of behavior is inappropriate to begin with. Mm-hmm. Like, please stop looking at me like an object. But yeah, um, like, it's gross. Yeah, it, it is, and it's unfortunate because it's trained. You know? Yeah, no one's born like that. Like we're not yeah. born like perceiving people in this horrible negative way. We have to learn it. Mm. And it's awful that we all learn it. And yeah. we all learn it to just like to just like demonize other people. Yeah, like I, you know, grew up and went through puberty being like, Oh, I'm a girl, I should like guys, I should dress these ways to mm. gain the attention of dudes and like you know, turn, later I was like, no, I'm gay and I don't have a gender, go away. But like, <laughs> but it took me a minute to get there and I got there through this like weird convoluted path of 
trying to be it's what we were talking about before it's trying to be certain ways for other parties who have mm. nothing to do with you as a person and who you are and what you want and like those are the things that it's you know you're allowed to just focus on those things you're allowed to focus on yourself you're allowed to do whatever makes you feel more comfortable for you not necessarily well hopefully not at all because of the reaction that you want to elicit from other people because if you're you know the more comfortable you get with yourself the more you can be in your own corner the less you need that kind of validation from outside of yourself anyway absolutely so like which is you know one thing to sit here and say and another thing entirely to do and it's i'm working on it and i'll (laughs) let you know but like it's you know the more that you can kind of back yourself the less you kind of need other people to back you and i think that can be really powerful because also, I just wear baggy t-shirts because I like them. They're yeah, comfy. I was going to say, it's just it just feels nice to wear like a, a large shirt. Like this shirt that I'm wearing right now is huge and like I can cover my body. Mm. If I button it up, you like cannot see what my body looks like. And that's really great sometimes because sometimes yeah. I'm being perceived in town and I'm like, I'm just, I just wish you couldn't see me. Mm. I just don't want you to look at me. Which is like a really unfortunate thing to have to be thinking about. But it's also... Yeah, it's like for safety sometimes. Yeah, which is like... Which is It awful. frustrates me so much, the amount of stuff that especially AFAB people do in an effort to feel safe outside around other people. Mm. And, like, it is a whole... I could do a whole episode about just that. And we I, could. Yeah, we could. We could. I'm probably going to have Madeline back on here, so, like, we might do that. Um, another thing that I want to mention about wearing oversized clothing is, like, we're both pretty, like... We're, we're both, like, straight-sized people. Mm. Like, um, I am usually like a size 14 New Zealand mm. I don't know what size that is anywhere else but it's sort of like um, I can fit into like basically I can go to any shop that has clothes in it and I can find something that fits me mm-hmm. and that um, and I wanted to mention because we're both talking about wearing um, oversized clothing that it's not that that we're talking about like like this top that I'm wearing is like maybe like a 14 or a 16 like because I mentioned this specifically because um, of a wonderful woman who I follow on Instagram um, she's at Fat Mama that's uh, P-H-A-T-M-A-H-M-A-H and she's amazing and was talking about um, not buying like oversized clothes just for the look of oversized clothes you know like people get like the hoodies down to the knees and stuff yeah because if you don't wear that size because like for people who can't go into regular regular air quotes clothing shops and find things that fit them it's really hard to find clothes to wear and then if like people who don't need super oversized clothes that was uh my general use of the word super as a yeah i know what you mean Uh, um to you know if you're just buying them for the look please be careful that you're not depriving people who have a hard time finding clothing that fits of that clothing. I just wanted to mention yeah. that like because it the wasn't a thing that I'd thought about before. Going to the op shop and buying like clothes that are like a few sizes bigger than you actually need, it definitely. I don't know. I don't. It kind of rubs me the wrong way when there's like one section that has that is like a very small section, like a tops, for example. There's a very small section of like. It's, like, 16 plus. Mm. It's so tiny. And, mm. like, you often see people going in there and looking at that that, like, are clearly not needing that size for themselves. Like, maybe they're shopping for someone else. I mm. don't know. Try to, like... Yeah, try to positive. assume the best about people. Yeah, like. but sometimes it is also, like, okay, there's, you know, 20 articles of clothing there and 200. Like, we're at Toffs. There's yeah. a thousand pieces of clothing here. 
and you're choosing to like go in that section where someone might come in here and only be able to shop from that section and might not mm. even like any of that stuff yeah. or might like one of those things but you just took it yeah yeah it's that um, thing and I hadn't thought about that in relation to how I shop before but I also never really went in on the like um, proper oversized as a look thing yeah um, and then I was thinking about it and going, oh, no, should I be wearing these tighter clothes that actually, like, are form-fitting on me um, in an effort to not be taking away from other people? But also uh, the clothes that I do wear that do fit sit bagging on me are still, like, fairly small sizes because of the size that I am mm. and the amount of, like... like It's the thing. It's be, be, please be considerate of other people while while you're doing things but also don't forget to consider yourself in that because yeah. I am so much more comfortable in the clothes yeah. that I do wear um then like you know it's the difference it's the difference between me being like really uncomfortable all the time or not but it also um like I don't know I had this whole big uh, internalized <laughs> dialogue in my head the other day about like whether or not I'm being selfish by buying um you know xyz whatever clothing but like yeah. um yeah, uh, that was just like that's a thing that I hadn't thought about in terms of buying clothes in larger sizes from like, you know, at least sixteen plus. But like talking about like, you know, a size thirty hoodie, for mm. example. Like, if you're a size fourteen, maybe yeah, you can buy a baggy hoodie, but also you probably don't need to buy the size thirty, and that might yeah. fit someone else who otherwise wouldn't have been able to wear that hoodie. Do you know what yeah, I mean? and it's it's like that's kind of it's kind of a tricky one because like you do have to think about yourself and put mm. yourself, you're not you know, you have to think about what's going to be safe for you. Like I think now about some of the clothes I have that are bigger, but also I know that I need to wear bigger clothes sometimes to feel like safe and not like I'm just being seen and like objectified by anyone just by like walking down the street. Yeah. Like this jacket is a really good example. This jacket, if I'm wearing an outfit that's a little bit like like these shirts I'm wearing are like not they're like form fitting ish, and they fit me and they're my size or whatever. But if I'm going out somewhere, it's so likely that I'm going to put a big jacket on like that because then I feel safe and comfortable and like mm. people can't really see me and objectify me. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that I need to have all my clothes that big. It's it's kind of a tricky one because some people just like bigger clothes and yeah, and it's a tricky like everything about like. Uh, anything that gets people to kind of look at the things they're doing is a tricky thing to talk about mm. because no one wants to look at the things they're doing. <laughs> and I feel it because I don't want to either. Yeah. But, like, it, um, I don't know. That was that I wanted that to be a side note because we were talking about uh, wearing baggy clothes and stuff and this thing was fresh in my brain. Um, and I think it's – I've sort of – now I'm overthinking it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, the, yeah, the the basic gist is, as always – Please be kind to yourself and others as mm. much as possible. <laughs> try to be good. You know, try to, like, that doesn't mean try to be perfect. Yeah, it's and it doesn't mean, like, happen. also, like, try and be good with yourself as well. Like, mm. it's not try to be society's idea of good to your own detriment. It's try and be comfy where you're at because you are you and you have you and you can be in your own corner and you can, you know, like, that makes everything so much easier. Because then you always have someone in your corner. Because you have to hang out with yourself, like, a lot. <laughs> yeah. Also, if you're listening to this and you are looking at your closet full of, like, sweaters that are much bigger than you need them to be, that's okay. Like, yeah, it's okay. 
Everything not, is fine. Um, yeah, it's the same thing. Not 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 coming for anyone yeah, specifically. Yeah, not coming for anybody. It's just like a yeah. It, it it's was just a side note. To think about, it really. was a side note of a general issue to be aware of because yeah. it was an issue that I was unaware of until very recently, mm. and then now um, I've you know done an anxiety spiral. But here we are, um, and I think we probably have time for another song. Yeah, from this really pretty album yeah um before we head out and might just end on a song actually i think so i think so i think we're getting there with time yeah so because yeah because i just really like talking to you so this <laughs> has been this has been the witching hour with fina and with madeline this time and we will hopefully uh do another thing like this at some point i'd like to yeah if you'd we'd like love to. to and we can talk about more about you know poems and art and society and the um generalness of being a person um, thank you so much for listening to this, you specifically, and you know, you generally listeners. I don't know. I don't know who. Li- I have no idea who listens to this, um, which is like always makes recording them a wild time. Uh, but this is another song by Vashti Bunyan from the album Just Another Diamond Day. This is called Timothy Grubb. This has been the Witching Hour. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next one. i
This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.